0: We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people.
1: Hello and welcome to the Sports Social Podcast where we make sports chats for everyone. Hello Georgie. Hello Libby. I was very, I don't know where I was going with that. Ooh. Oh,
0: excuse me. while I, I, I just remember to turn my phone we're, off.
1: We're a quarter of a century into this podcasting business, carton, isn't it? Is, yeah, is, is I'm pretty sure rule? that's the rule. You owe us. Just some lollies would be great. Lollies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cricket. Hello. Oh, hello. Oh, that's what we were
0: talking about. Hello. Hi. That's all we got to. Oh goodness. Uh, I think I'm a bit overwhelmed with just how much cricket is melting down. Since there was a game on the weekend that Australia
1: lost. Oh, did we lose? <laughs> you know me, George. I get my uh, cricket information from Twitter and my timeline was absolutely melting down with Travis Head. Really? Okay. He didn't get selected or. Yeah, I was going to say he didn't play. No, no. Yeah, oh, Every- good. Okay. everyone was melting yes. down yes. over that okay. for some good. reason. I don't know who Travis is, but I'm sorry that you missed out, Travis. And then the bowler. Todd Murphy. Todd Murphy, who has glasses, that's how yes. I Because <laughs> I saw a tweet saying someone, Warnie influenced everyone to have blonde tips and now he's going to influence everyone to have glasses. It's going to be a very different vibe coming through yeah. junior
0: cricket. Yeah. I'm here for it. And he got
1: like six six wickets
0: on S- debut? seven. Whoa. Huge. Amazing. He was the standout Australian performer over the weekend in what was otherwise... A bit of a hot mess.
1: I assumed that they won off the back of that, but Mm -hmm. obviously I Mm was But I love that you found the positives
0: in what was a (laughs) pretty glum match. So we lost that test by an innings and 132 runs. Oh, that's not good. So we lost by a lot. Yeah. And we've gone from having a great summer test series here in Australia to everybody now questioning many aspects of the Australian team after one loss Mm. In India,
1: well, obviously,
0: what's his name? Murphy, Todd Murphy. Todd Murphy. He did very well. He, and do you know, his dad played with Warnie oh, at St Kilda. That's amazing. It's it's a lovely story. He's only 22 years old. He's only played seven first class matches for Victoria, and now he's been selected for the Australian team.
1: Was that in place of Travis Head? No, I don't think so. Okay. I'm not
0: across the Travis Head. Angle. I just saw that he was dropped and I was like, okay. Everyone seemed very upset about it. I wish I could give you more reasons okay. as to why. But what I really want to talk to you about. Please. Is a moment that happened in the game with one of the Indian spinners, dejaja Djeja. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, against Steve Smith. So he was bowling to Steve Smith and he bowled an absolute blinder, he's a spinner, so Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily fast, but the ball is moving and he bowled this ball and it just went straight past Steve Smith and glanced the stumps. It missed the stumps by millimetres and Steve Smith looked up and gave him the thumbs up as if to say, you know what, that was a great bowl." Yeah. Which I thought. Respectful. Fine. Sportsmanlike. Alan Border has lost it. What? About that and said that we need to get more grit if you're playing these teams, you need to be uh, not aggressive, but you need to be really taking it to them and not having the time for these niceties around thumbs up for a good
1: bowl. Calm down, AB.
0: <laughs> AB is known, he he was always known as Captain Grumpy. So he sort of resumed this this persona that he had when he was the Australian cricket captain and he was responsible for digging Australian cricket out of a big hole when he came in to start the captaincy. So he does have a lot of runs on the
1: board, so to speak. Sure, but I think there's a place now for sport to have moments of humanity and go, I didn't get out by the skin of my teeth.
0: So I I really was interested in your perspective on this because you're an elite sports person. Thanks. And you I was trying to think of what a similar scenario would be for you on the pool deck. Well, I don't think there really
1: is one on the on the pool deck, but like because my, you're th- too Oh just because I'm excellent and <laughs> obviously beat everyone by no, no, far no, too but much. Because is that because you're too focused and it's like if you at, at the, the end so, of a
0: race, did you ever turn around and go, actually that was a great swim by the person that beat me? Mm. Your face says mm. no. <laughs>
1: you have to because they beat you, yes, right? Yes, yes, but inside that's not inside what you're Inside you're dying, <laughs> but that's fine. No, I think it's because it's much more controlled. So you're controlling what's in your race, what's going on in your head, in your lane, right? So my comparison would be, for example, in the tennis because everything comes back to tennis now, but, like, you know, when it clips the tape on, yeah. the, on the net and it just goes over and the person who wins the point, like – says okay sorry yeah basically because that was just pure luck
0: Mm. or I feel like I would have seen Roger or Nadal if a really great point was played and they might have lost it they would turn around and clap yeah to me that's a real contest between two individuals it's very intense it doesn't mean that Federer or Nadal is now saying well you can win Mm. it's just saying I applaud Well, the athleticism of that point. Correct. It's acknowledging someone's skill set. I think that's awesome. Okay, so we don't think the Australian team has lost its competitive edge. No, I like Steve Smith. Well, and I also felt like, well, that's we're demonstrating good sportsmanship. We're teaching a generation. Would we have
1: preferred him to sledge the bowler? No, I think Captain Grumpy needs to get less grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) But don't come after me. Please don't get grumpy at me. I can't handle it. <laughs> I'm Alicia. I'm 37 years old and I like sport because it makes you feel good. While we're in the
0: land of cricket, the Australian women's team is having a great T20 World Cup. They've awesome. dominated in their game against New Zealand and really it's only looking like England or India will be able to take it to them in that competition, awesome. which is fantastic. But the other hugely exciting news that is happening this week is that of the Women's Premier League
1: draft pick or oh. d- draft process. like Auction, the- that's the word for it. It's an auction. <laughs> well done because I you. was not going to be able to help you there. Um, so is that like the equivalent to the IPL? Yes. Okay. So the rights for the WPL, which is the
0: women's equivalent of the IPL, the media rights sold for like $170 million mm. earlier this year and in the next couple of days there will be the auction for the players to participate in that competition.
1: Oh, wow. There are
0: five teams or they're referred to as franchises. Of course. They have very big budgets to spend and what we will see is it's probably going to be a bit chaotic Mm. but ultimately quite transformational for women's cricket in the world because never have, have we seen this much money put into the sport
1: and correct me if I'm wrong I'm not really across the IPL surprise surprise so will the WPL that that'll be all hosted in India as yes, well
0: it'll be a two-week tournament okay I think in the next couple of months in India huge like carnival type atmosphere amazing and will totally transform what it looks like
1: for it's, women that's it's, so exciting
0: it's so exciting it's going to be huge I can't wait to see Which of the Aussie Aussie players get picked up? Apparently 1,500 players have registered to be part of the draw or the auction. So cool. And they've only got 90 spots. Oh, so it's tight. So it's going to be tight and it's going to be interesting the impact this auction has on the World Cup, which is currently being played in South Africa. Because all these teams are, all these players are currently playing but also keeping an eye on what's happening in India this week.
1: And I imagine that, like, with that much money being thrown around for women's sport, like, that's transformational for a lot of those athletes as well.
0: Oh, that's huge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Exciting times. I'm Aiden. I love sport because because of the competition.
0: This week LeBron James became the NBA's highest scorer. Of all time. Yes. What do you know about LeBron James? Are you
1: are you in because I feel like you're a bit into the NBA? I have been into basketball on and off my whole life. I used to go watch the Townsville Suns play back in the day. Uh yeah. So and Brisbane Bullets, obviously. Mm. Leroy Loggins. Mm. What a legend, icon. Isn't it Townsville Crocodiles? It is the Townsville Crocodiles, so they but used I to be the I same. liked them when they were the Suns. Way back. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's hurtful. <laughs> yes, they were the Suns and then they became the Crocs. Yeah, but I, I'm obsessed with, you know, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, all of those guys. They're amazing, incredible athletes. So I have to admit I'm not much across the NBA. and I We, we had an argument, we have, not, not yeah. an argument about it, but a conversation around we have a, the last dance. We have a philosophical
0: disagreement. <laughs> And so I'm interested to know from you how you compare LeBron James, who's just become this highest scorer of all time, Mm. how you compare him to Michael Jordan.
1: Well, yeah, because LeBron James is kind of claiming that he's the greatest of all time. How do you feel about that? I, well, I mean, on paper he's the NBA highest point scorer. So (laughs) that's a pretty good claim to being the greatest of all time. I actually think he would be incredibly, I think it's a hyper-competitive landscape that he is playing amongst now. So I kind of feel like he might be right. (laughs) And I love that he claims it. Like uh, go for it, dude.
0: So he was the youngest player to reach 10,000 points, the youngest player to reach 20,000 points the quickest to reach 30,000 points and he's a four-time champion four-time mvp. Mm. He he's got lots of It's not like he hasn't got rungs on the board. Like he <laughs> like how can you not be the greatest of all time? I was having a chat to producer Jace about this earlier because I last night was trying to myself understand how they compared because I couldn't actually see much commentary that would compare the two mm. and I was trying to work out well is that because Michael Jordan is incomparable mm. or because it's just too close at the moment and people just want to celebrate LeBron for what he's done. And one of the things that I found, I thought this was a really interesting point was that Michael Jordan, he, he probably played for a shorter period of time. I think LeBron has been able to achieve these amazing milestones because of his longevity in the game. And that in itself speaks to something. Oh, totally. Because If you can play without injury for that long, you are truly performing at an elite level. 100%. So Michael Jordan didn't play for that period of time, but he did something to the game at that point in time that absolutely changed the legacy of basketball.
1: Oh, he made basketball iconic. Like in, in that way he made the Chicago Bulls iconic. I mean, look, maybe he shouldn't have gone and played baseball in the middle of his career. Oh gosh, I always forget that he did that. <laughs> But you know, he want, how many did he win with the Chicago Bulls? Maybe like four? this is not my area. So he has 6 total. And he's got 6, six total. championships total, 5 MVPs. Okay, so the difference is more than LeBron. Two two championships and one MVP. So yeah, you know, they they without a doubt they're comparable, I think. For me, LeBron if he's able to continue and sustain then he's without a doubt the greatest of all time, but I love that they have a rivalry about this. <laughs> Yeah. I'm into it. The other thing that Jace was
0: telling me was that Michael Jordan could come into a team and it didn't matter necessarily who was around him, but he and himself could change the shape of a game and and turn it from a losing game to a winning game. 100%. Purely by his own presence and what he could generate within a match. Whereas LeBron is more the team man mm. and more about lifting – Upper team, but not necessarily by his individual performance. I would
1: disagree. Okay, I would disagree because I think it's the same thing. Do you? Yeah, I think it's different. I think it's different. How is it different? I think Michael Jordan is a solo player if he wants to be, 100%. and he can change a game one hundred percent on his own. Oh, I disagree, and I think I think <laughs> LeBron needs a team to do that. It's the same thing. No, it's not. You it's can't not. win. As an individual player, you cannot win in a basketball team, right? You need every single player playing at their best. And Michael Jordan has said that in The Last Dance, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why I'm arguing about it. <laughs> I love how defensive just I so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. from a couple of people that don't really watch basketball no. that much. So... <laughs> Look, three people who don't watch basketball that much. And yet much. we can talk about it for such a long time. <laughs> and yet we're offended <laughs> when you say the wrong thing. No, because Michael Jordan spoke about how he needed every player to be at their best and, you know. But
0: even if they weren't, he could still manufacture a win. I think that is the difference.
1: I think LeBron James could do that. Mm. Can we get an expert on next week? Good idea. We, actually, we do know someone. We, Yeah, it would be really
0: great to talk yeah. to somebody who knows more about basketball than we do, I, than we clearly do.
1: I think it's the same What about day. their captaincy styles? Let's talk about that. We <laughs> <laughs> could go down a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> it's great. Oh, you actually want to do it now?
0: Well, do you want us to do that now, Jace? I'd like to hear the argument.
1: Oh, well, yeah, Michael Jordan is 100% arrogant and, you know, into himself and, you know, has this presence that I think makes people better by being around him.
0: But would those ways of motivating people still stand the test
1: of time in 2023? Did they get six wins? Yes.
0: <laughs> but in other, any other workplace, would that be considered hey,
1: bullying? No, I think he knows that he he put people offside. I think 100% he knew that, but he also knew what they were capable of. But do you have to be an asshole to motivate a team? No, I don't think you do, but I think that was the way that he knew how. Mm. Do any of those players become as good as they did without Michael Jordan? Absolutely not.
0: We will never know. If Michael Jordan motivated. Absolutely not. If you motivate people differently...
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. I just think what struck... If If they weren't going to... Achieve to that level, if they didn't want to achieve at that level, they would have left. But is that the cost you're willing to pay? Yeah. Do you, wh- okay, <laughs> right. Yeah, it has to be. If you're not willing to do that, then you can leave. Like that's that's free agency. I think what
0: really I could never wrap my head around with The Last Dance and we've had this conversation many times is the lack of true team cohesion like there was definitely team cohesion in how they played, but in terms of how they operated in and around the basketball court, I just felt like it wasn't necessarily like, for example, if they won the footage and this is just the footage we're being shown, the footage would show Michael Jordan celebrating solo mm. with his little entourage yeah, and then the rest of the team celebrating together. And that for me was really I mean, that had alarm bells in my head that you. How is that alarm bells? You're not part of the team.
1: Yeah, but maybe that's just how he works. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we have this idea of how a team should work, right? Mm. And how like everyone should be in it together. And like you can respect someone and all perform cohesively as a team and achieve something amazing. You don't all have to like each other. No, that's really true. Like you don't have to like each other, you just have to respect their ways of doing things. Mm. And whatever they did obviously. I mean, it worked. obviously worked. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'll I'll think about it more. <laughs> My name is Chloe Dalton. I'm an Olympic gold medalist in rugby sevens. I play AFLW for the GWS Giants and I'm the founder of the Female Athlete Project. The reason I love sport is because it has the power to bring people so much joy, whether they're an elite athlete or someone just watching from home on the couch.
1: Have you heard of a dude who is running around the world?
0: Through you? (laughs) And all I could think was if I run like a 25K run, I feel like a hero. Well, you are a
1: hero. I am. A, I,
0: and then I will absolutely live off that for the next six months of my life and think how great I am.
1: <laughs> and then go, after have to run another one. And <laughs> and then, make me but feel that's better. just
0: 25 kilometres in one day. How far is Tim running?
1: Yes. Yeah, so Tim Franklin of Tim Runs the World fame fame he's decided to run around the world which means he's going to be running 26,000 kilometres oh my goodness in he wants to do in world record time because of course why bother doing it in <laughs> anything less um and he wants to run in 433 days
0: one day short one, the- yes one day short of the existing record
1: correct correct so i wanted to understand more about why someone would want to do that Um, and hear more about his charity partners which he's obviously raising money for. So welcome Tim. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: No thank you very much ladies for having me.
1: I think I mean the question that I want to start with is just why?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah that's uh, I mean that apart from how many pairs of shoes I'll need or be wearing that's probably the question I get asked the most is why and it's really simple I I, I guess for me it was it started out as a personal challenge I met a gentleman back in 2017 who was the only other Australian to have done what is considered the run around the world so I was like and it just was really intriguing and I thought oh I want to challenge myself and do that as well but that grew that transcended just me and I guess um, I'm really lucky. I work with athletes of all ages, all abilities, uh, whether they're just starting out in, in sport or they've been in sport for a long time. And what I noticed is that there's so many people sedentary at yeah. the moment. Um, and then that was that was probably aggravated and highlighted through COVID. So I really just wanted to get the world moving again. So if uh, an ordinary bloke from Brisbane can attempt to and hopefully complete a run around the world, then then people can start moving whether it be a walk around the block or, or, you know, they play tennis in high school and they haven't played tennis for 40 years or, or they used to swim at a really high level and get back in the water, you know, like, uh, like anything, anything just to get the world moving because the benefits of movement, you know, are there for everyone to see, whether it be obviously physical, but emotional um, and mental as well. So, so I really want everyone to move because I mean, it's a, well, arguably it saved my life and I, um, I love
0: it, Tim. Where are we speaking to you at the moment? Where are you in the world on your journey to getting this record completed?
2: Geez, that's a really good question. I actually, I actually don't know where we are <laughs> right about now. Oh, we're at we're at a, a, a little town called Ora Grande, which is which is halfway between um, El Paso, Texas, uh, and Alamorado. In new mexico so we just crossed the border from texas to new mexico today
1: and you're i mean you're not just battling physical like the physicality of having to run one and a half marathons a day but you're also battling the elements you mentioned that it was just got above zero today and you're like that's a win um how how do you navigate the weather amongst everything else that you're kind of battling
2: yeah, I mean you can't, right? You can't. So so one thing that I really focus on is just control the controllables. A very good friend of mine who used to be my coach back when I started my fitness journey said there's no such thing as bad weather, there's just bad clothes choices. Mm-hmm. Um so that's that's what I've taken on. So I just I, I can't control what the weather's gonna to be tomorrow. So all I control is what what clothes I'm wearing to prepare for it and my mindset leading into it. Um but it has been it has been brutal. Like I've, i think every second American that I've um spoken to since I've been here is oh this is unprecedented weather. You're like, you know, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick of hearing that <laughs> yeah, I want unprecedented weather. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We've had everything from um atmospheric rivers which I've never even heard of before, and I've run through three or four of them, and then we've had, you know, negative seven, negative eight temperatures. And today, yeah, like you said, Libby, today was brilliant because it was three.
1: Woo, three
0: degrees.
2: Yeah. yeah, three degrees. It was perfect.
0: Tim, tell us about the hammer and the nail concept.
2: Yeah, yeah, this is just a just an eight-old adage that I, I, I don't know where it started from, but a few mates and I use it. Um some days you feel really good I mean you're up and you're floating and everything's going well and you're you' you are the hammer you're just nailing everything that you touch everything that you go near and then other days are anything but great and you are the nail but what's worse than the nail is you can be the wood mm. um, so so you attempt not to be the wood so yeah so the hammer and the nail is if you're on fire you're the hammer if you're battling you're the nail. I love that. Yeah, because, yeah, obviously not every day is, um, you know, not every day feels great. So There was a day, I think I used that analogy a couple of days ago um, and I was running into something like 45, 50-kilometre 50 fifty-kilometre-hour headwinds for literally eight hours and it was miserable, mm. right? So it's days like that that, yeah, you just you just get through, you know, you get through and, and again, it's very cliche, but it's the really crappy days that make the good ones even better. Mm. So like today was unreal sixty six k's the fastest I think I've run in the states felt good it was even uphill but just felt good and you know and and it feels even better because I know I got through the crappy weather of you know the last couple of weeks.
1: You describe yourself as just an average bloke from Brisbane, right? But I mean, in my mind. <laughs> In my mind, you're far less than average because I could never even dream of running as far as you've done in one of your days, let alone, you know, back-to-back consistently. How do you prepare for something like this? Or, you know, did you just have a reasonable amount of fitness and you're just kind of training as you're going kind of thing?
2: Yeah, so I, I have run pretty consistently for probably the best part of a decade now. Um, and, and that is that is sort of long distance endurance events. And so I just built on that sort of training. I didn't I didn't do a whole lot more, maybe an extra sort of 40 or 50 Ks a week than I used to. So I was, I was, I was getting up to 200, 250 Ks a week in training, but it was always going to be go in sort of underdone and take it easy to start and build into it. So getting fit while I'm doing it, the, the hardest thing is, what I've found in the first, you know, 10 and a half weeks is just to stave off injuries. You know, if the body the body stays injury free, then it can just keep going. Yeah, It will just, if you if you run slow enough or, or easy enough, I shouldn't say slow, I hate the word slow, um, easy enough and you keep fueling, then, then you pretty much can, well, what I've found is that you can keep moving.
0: I am just in awe of what, your body is able to do and and that it can go and run these one and a half marathons day after day after day what does your recovery look like each evening
2: uh, a lot of food uh so as soon as i finish um as soon as i finish i have about half a half a bag of potato chips
0: nice um, perfect
2: and they, have, they have to be crinkle cut um of course <laughs> yeah that's my diva <laughs> That's my diva moment. Um,
1: no brown m&ms, so. M&Ms thank you <laughs>
2: yeah exactly <laughs> right i want a very specific vodka all the way from russia um, so i have uh, i have crinkle cut potato chips i have a chocolate protein shake and just some um, electrolytes uh, straight in so that's straight away um, i then i have then as soon as we park up the rv i have a shower um, i'll put on some some tights some 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 recoverite is that what they're called just some compression um, and then I have dinner as early as possible. And then I I, I have um, Normatec sort of massage boots that I wear each day. And I just try to get to bed, you know, by nine or 10 o'clock every night. So it's there's not a lot of science to it. I think sleep is probably the most important. And I'm probably struggling with that because we're always in a foreign place. I'm, mm. I'm in an RV it's really different to what I'm used to. It's not my bed at home, so that's what I'm trying to do. And then, and then consume sort of as many calories. I sort of try and get to make myself feel ill, I guess, mm-hmm. and that's when I stop eating because I know that I'm not fueling just to recover from today or be prepared for tomorrow. It's two days' time, three days' time, a week's time, mm-hmm. three hundred days' time. So I've got to be really conscious that um, that I'm getting enough get, getting enough calories in. I went to school with your sister, um,
1: Cara, so I just think about your family at home and just wonder what are they thinking about you doing yeah. all this?
2: Yeah, they, um, they've they been so supportive through my whole journey. Mum mum, and dad have come to a lot of events that I've participated in. You know, I'm a middle of the packer. Every now and then it's a shallow field, so I ended up a bit further to the front sort of athlete, but um, but they've always supported our endeavours, like mum and dad, like I'm lucky to be born to two of the greatest people that have ever lived, right? Mm. Like they've done everything for me. Every time I've zigged when I should have zagged, they've been there to help me out. So they're fully supportive. Mum's been calling me pretty well every day. Dad sends an occasional message. um, And my brother and Cara, Cara sent me a message the other day saying I've inspired her to go back to the gym and she's been going to the gym four times a week. Oh, amazing. uh,
1: Which is what you wanted, right?
2: yeah exactly right that's that I mean that is the why so so yeah it's getting stuff like that and messages like that from from random punters globally I mean is the benefit of social media then that's yeah that's been amazing
0: that is just you couldn't ask for anything more
1: out of a very epic adventure unbelievable I have one more question because how many days are you into your trek so far
2: just completed day 72.
1: Okay, so you're not quite a quarter of the way through.
2: Not quite a quarter, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yep. nearly. But near, but nearly a quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how I'm just really interested to know like on those really hard days when you're the nail and you're just getting absolutely slammed by the hammer and you're own, only a quarter through your journey, how do you keep – staying positive how do you keep the optimism up or is it the fact that you just know that you can and you will and you have gotten through each day whatever it throws at you
2: geez that's a great question um i a, a couple of things is that i set out to try and break the world record whether i do or not is by the by for me mm. i really I'm, I'm giving everything to do it so I know that no matter how hard it is, I've got three hundred and sixty-two days left. Mm. On average, people live for eighty years. So what's one year? one year of like brutal physical hardship? And and it's not that hard to be honest. Like mm. people have it a lot worse off than I do. So that's so that's that's one way I look at it and go, it's only a year. Just keep going. The other one is I get to do this. Yeah. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. So it is like I mean, I have terrible hours in a day. Or, or a shitty day completely, but but I just go, man, what's the alternative? I'll be back at home and a job that not necessarily enjoying, you know. And, and this is arguably like if I if I reach one person like my sister to go back to the gym and start working out and feel better about herself and build confidence, shit, like it's it's paid for itself. Like it it it's everything that I wanted out of it, and and it's come in the first sort of 10, 10 and a half weeks. So it's those messages, the message of support. I just go. She's like, I am struggling, but there are people out there that, that A, have it a lot worse off on me and B, are right behind me and want me to succeed, and, and that just keeps me going.
0: Tim, tell us about your charity partners and why they were the organisations that you wanted to sp- support as part of this world record attempt.
2: Yeah, so there are three charity partners that are that are really close to myself and my crew. So the first one is local to Brisbane. It was started by my grade seven school teacher who I reconnected with randomly and that's called Inspiring Brighter Futures. Um, And we work a lot with um, disassociated kids, like lower socioeconomic kids that are just disassociated with mainstream schooling. So we try and bring them back in and work with them and get them either back into education or into the workforce. We work uh, closely with domestic violence victims as well and rehousing them. Um, as well as getting them um, back into the workforce, you know they're becoming more independent. So that's inspiring. Brighter Futures Foundation. The second one is the Lung Foundation Australia, and one of our one of my support crew lost her mum to lung cancer. Um, so that's that's really close to us. So so we wanted to raise money. You know, it's it's got the lowest mortality rate after you know five years mm. any cancer ever. There's a stigma attached to lung cancer as well, and we just want to rid, rid the world of that. And then the final one is um, Wings for Life, which is an attempt to find a cure for spinal cord injuries. And, and one of their hashtags is "Run for those that can't," mm. um, and that just—that just—I I think that's pretty cool, to be honest. So, so that's that's the third partner. So all money raised, I'm just splitting three ways between those three charities.
1: You are incredibly inspiring Tim. We are like, I don't know about Georgie, but I'm pretty sure like we just want to go run now. I mean, I can't really run at this point. (laughs) It's more of a waddle or a shuffle. Um, But we're just so keen to get ourselves moving and you're an inspiration to, to so many people. So thank you so much for your time. And we can't wait to watch your journey progress. And we're here, right behind you. And
0: if you want to watch Tim's journey, you can follow him on Instagram at timmy r franklin. Is that right, Tim? At Instagram.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Yeah, we, go along
0: and follow. I love getting the daily updates and sort of reflecting on it in the context of my day. And you know, if if I think I've had a hard day, I watch these videos of Tim who's just run into a headwind for sixty kilometres, and I think, oh. He did it. I'll be fine.
1: I'll be fine. And I love the videos you create where it's like, what's up, legends? And then you're like, today's another great day for a run. I'm like, yeah, it really is. It is. Let's get
2: moving. Yeah, well every day's a ripper day for a run. Ripper day for a run. That's the
1: one. I love it. So good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tim. I'm Brooklyn and I'm seven and I like doing sport because it's good for you and it makes you strong and healthy.
0: It's no secret, Libby, that you and I know very little when it comes to talking about American football.
1: Super Bowl Sunday. It's
0: currently on and as it stands at the moment. I only
1: knew that because you told me. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) The Kansas City Chiefs. Are now tied, or it's now tied with the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Oh, so it's a tight match. It's a tight match. With While five, we're recording.
0: With five minutes to go. And that's fine.
1: Five minutes might take an hour and a half. Ugh, this is why it's so boring to watch, to be honest.
0: Um, there are a couple of Aussies playing in the Super Bowl. What are their names, George? Oh, <laughs> <that's>
1: so unfair. <laughs> is it. You know them. Dwayne.
0: You know them, don't you?
1: Dwayne and Johnson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, can we talk about the most important part of the Super Bowl?
1: I would like to talk about that. The halftime show. Yes, let's talk about the most important part. Uh, Rihanna looked amazing in her red kit. She was
0: a a balls. And with floating stages moving up and down, and with
1: every hit she's ever put out there. She was magic. And. The very exciting thing, it looks as though she announced her second pregnancy a th- at a halftime show. It's a boss move. Oh, just she rocks.
0: I feel like the white suits that the backup dancers were wearing were very COVID vibes, like just a just a, just a nod to the last couple of just years. Just a little tip of the hat. Slightly hazmat, uh, but otherwise very entertaining. Loved it. That's what we look for in our
1: sports. <laughs> the halftime show. There may show. have been a game that was played as well. Someone won. Oh, here.
0: Oh, thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Kimmy. Thanks, Producer Kim. Aaron Sipos and Jordan Melita. I feel like one of them has come from AFL. Well done, Aaron and Jordan. maybe another one's come from Rugby League. Mm. There you go. Playing in a Super Bowl final. It's pretty epic. Is it called a Super Bowl final? Probably not. Playing in the Super Bowl. Full stop. Just just a full stop Just there. a full stop. Let's put a full stop on
1: that conversation. <laughs> That's enough. We are well out of our depth. Hi, my name's Francesca and I love sport because it makes me feel good. I love how it brings people together, creates community. We have a really strong friendship here because of the sport that we do together.
0: So I, you know how we just never know what to call this last year? Yeah. I was thinking it's kind of like us in the real world of sport. Okay. I don't know how we put a title on that though. Sport we lived this week. If we look to Jace.
1: Don't look at me. Just stick to one and just okay. go with it. Okay. <laughs> Two random bits. No. <laughs> no not that one. <laughs> sports we live. Live we These sport. are the days of our sports. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, it's.
1: What are I, we doing here? I don't know. It's well, basically some, it's recommendations really, but that's boring. That's it is boring. boring it's, you
0: hear it everywhere. And it's not always what we're – I mean, I don't know that we're always recommending anything. Can someone
1: listening tell us what to call – Oh, we're not
0: airing it? this part of the are conversation. We? I like this. No.
1: Let's get involved, people. Let's name our last segment of Who the show. are we? <laughs> These are the days of our sports. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. Well,
0: no, no, because what I was thinking of was a moment – what I wanted to talk about today was a moment – a real-world moment – that I had this
1: way you live a real life
0: I do I do. it's hard to believe I had had a pretty rubbish Friday where just things just hadn't gone to plan nothing bad particularly but just irritating to the point but that by the time the kids went to bed I was just so over mm. the day and really grumpy about it and probably not very nice to hang around and my dog who I now love very much but who when we first got her was very challenging <laughs> I love her dearly. Now we love Minty. Minty is divine. But Minty, when she was a puppy, would eat like prescription glasses—maybe four of them—and maybe four of them. And <laughs> maybe four maybe, of them. <laughs> we might have lost like thousands of dollars in prescription glasses. That's fine. We love her, and she's being really cute now. To the point where she'll just come up to you and just drop the ball next to your foot and look at you, like "Hi, mum." Oh, you! Oh, this ball just happens to be here.
1: Look this What are we doing?
0: Anyway, she was just beside me at the sink when I was trying to clean up from dinner and just dropping this ball and looking up and then drop it again. I thought, okay, I'll just go outside and I'll throw the ball. And I ended up running around with the dog and chasing the ball with her because she sort of, we throw it and she chases it and then she just wants to hold it and wants me to chase it. Cute. But what I didn't realise was that I was moving Mm. and being active and probably laughing at the dog because she was being really funny. And I got back inside and I was like, oh, I feel better, and in a shock to nobody, moving mm. changes your mindset.
1: Also, we don't deserve dogs; they're the best humans I mean, amongst she's us. She's
0: just beautiful, <laughs> even I if like,
1: they eat prescription glasses. Like I say,
0: I really love her now. <laughs> but yeah, it just made me realise that you don't know when you're in that moment. If you just go for a walk outside, just like you don't need a dog to do it, you need, you can just go for a wander around your block, or you mm. can, I don't know, go and do a yoga session off YouTube. Go and do something. Just see. It might make you feel better. It might not. It could have been a total placebo effect. Maybe I was always going to feel better, but it just so turned out that I went outside and I moved and I threw the ball and I enjoyed
1: my dog's company and I felt better for it. Love it. Love all of that. Exactly right. What about you? I would like to recommend Something that I actually haven't watched but I've had quite a few people recommend to me. Well,
0: this is a pre-watch recommendation. Yeah, it's but I, people
1: that I really trust and respect okay. have recommended it. It's called Limitless. Oh, I'm watching that. Yes. <laughs> <You didn't laughs> okay, re- I endorse this. <laughs> <laughs> I confirm. Uh, it's on Disney. I like that it's got Chris Hemsworth in it. <laughs> That's just a nice little cherry on top. But from what I've heard, the first episode is all about managing stress. And it's a lot about meditation, controlling breath, learning box breathing, which I'm all about, which is all part of why movement is so great. It's why, you know, yoga is excellent because it just, it it really, it really helps. And it's hard to understand why until you do it and you can only know it by experiencing it.
0: And it's one of those shows I've watched a couple of the first episodes it's one of those shows that you can definitely watch with kids yes which is always so nice to find sports shows or movement or that sort of thing that is Fun for the whole family.
1: Well, because I went down on a a massive binge on the one that you recommended last week called Edge of the Unknown, Mm. which is epic, but you can't really watch that with kids. Yeah, I did. I didn't, yeah. Hectic, but I like inhaled it.
0: Maybe older. You could definitely watch it with like older kids if they actually want to spend any time with you. I don't know. (laughs) We're not sure about that. We are out of our comfort zone there.
1: (laughs) But again, that was all about meditation, visualization, mindset, how you cope with the situation mentally so yeah i'm very excited about limitless so that's on disney plus as well shout out to rebecca sparrow who sent us down
0: that little pathway is that where you heard about it yep yeah
1: and and my mate paula oh thanks paula (laughs) also chris hemsworth is a nice selling point for me thank you
0: so much for listening to this week's episode of the Sports social we so enjoy bringing you these episodes and if you have a friend who you think would enjoy these
1: sports chats please share it with them and let them know about us and we absolutely love receiving your feedback and your reviews it totally lights us up if you are enjoying this kind of sports content head over to our instagram page at the sports social podcast otherwise we will chat to you next week bye